Welcome to the Life to the Max podcast with your hosts, Jana Breslin and Evan DeMarco. Life to the Max is the adventure of two people who set out to prove that there is still hope. It is a journey across the globe where they seek to tell great stories of inspirational people making a real difference in the world and maybe have a little fun along the way. Life to the Max, where adventure meets responsibility. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Life to the Max podcast with your hosts, Jana Roslin and Evan DeMarco. So about a month ago, was it about a month ago, we were in Las Vegas and we're walking around the AFRM conference and we ended up at this booth where we ended up with these goofy things on our heads and you guys are going to see some pictures of that. Well, it turns out, yeah, it might be one of those things you see behind you. So it turns out that uh, we happened upon a booth for Wavi and I am so excited to be back here in my home state of Colorado. We were just in your city last week. So we traded in the, uh, we traded in the warm weather of San Diego for the cold weather of Colorado. And we are here at the Wavi corporate office in, are we in Inglewood? We're in Inglewood. In Sheridan. Inglewood. Sure. Yeah. Sheridan, Colorado. With David Oakley. So David, thank you so much for having us here. Um, thank you so much for scanning our brains. So let's start with that in Vegas, which was interesting because what we found is, is that she's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> she did her work. She's I, better at doing it. Yeah, yeah. Doing some work, so. Clearly, I've got a lot of work to do. Um, so as we talk about our road to Costa Rica, uh, our, well, our followers know this, that we're taking a bunch of vets to Costa Rica to participate in ayahuasca to really see if that has an impact on PTSD. And one of the things we're really excited to work with you guys on is this recognition that we can't objectively see performance increases um, in a brain pre and post intervention. Whether ayahuasca helps with that remains to be seen, but I'd love to get a little bit of background on you, this amazing company, and how you guys are really kind of bringing data into the hands of the people so that they can start to optimize their own brain function. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm interested in the ayahuasca thing because what what we find is that, I'm just a physicist, so I just look at the patterns, but um, there's a different pattern and the idea is, can you break that pattern? It takes uh, intervention, like we talked about earlier, it takes something, the brain has to be kicked into a different state. And so we're curious to see what comes out of that. Can, Can that change their state? It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Breaking that cycle, yeah. yeah. Our job is easy. We just look for the patterns and we can tell you a certain change. So these these things behind us, um, you know, tell us a little bit about how, you know, what's the history behind this company? Well, I don't know if you want to know. It's a long sort of history. This is my midlife crisis right here. <laughs> I was happily well, doing some people get a sports car. This is yeah. kind of a... Yeah, it really was. Just happily teaching physics and doing neutrino astrophysics was my specialty. I don't know what Whoa, Neutrino know what astrophysics to this. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Now I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, the, um, David Jaffe, our chief engineer, showed me a brain pattern once upon a time. And I was intrigued. It's just a voltage versus time. It's very similar to the neutrino signals we got. We know how to handle those signals. I thought, well, this could be interesting. We could help people. We could create a business. And that was my crisis. But, so you created these. You, you started developing these helmets basically I saw something in there this progression of these head devices (laughs) so that was pretty amazing here yeah we started uh it's a team effort but David Joffe the chief engineer I talked about he's mainly working on the software and the signal analysis he's been doing this forever I was working on the headsets and 
we started with a really nice, complicated design that could uh, automatic impedance, automatic everything, dry electrodes. Is that the one that looks like a medieval torture device? Could be. Okay. Yeah. 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 Some people say that. Uh, I, I'm fond of that. But uh, what we end up doing is getting simpler and simpler and simpler and refining everything so that uh, this ends up being the simplest design, the least expensive. It was just as fast as the, the fast, uh, cool thing I invented. And uh, <laughs> so you ended up going the simple route. Easy to make, easy to uh, put on, as you found out. So that was the hard part of this company, taking this complicated, all this potential and making it simple. What's the simplest? Uh, number of pieces we need, plus the simplest algorithms we can use to analyze the brain. So that's, that, was, that was our big effort. For 10 years, it was trying to simplify what's already out there. And so there are these prongs that are attached to the inside of these, and we got to try this out today. And there are these things touching all different parts of your brain. So can you explain what those are and how, yeah. how that works and what it's actually um, focusing on there. We don't like to call them prongs. Call them socks. Socks. <laughs> socks. Brain socks. socks. Brain socks. I'm all wearing socks. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, that's part of the thing. They're just, this technology's been around a long time. Uh, if you go to a hospital and get an EEG, it'll be, um, they'll work on your scalp a lot, you know, you glue, glue the electrons, electrons, <laughs> glue electrons onto your scalp. And your hair will look like it's been a bird's have attacked it. <laughs> um, this, so our, our goal was to just simplify the whole process. So what these do, it's uh, the socks measure the, the voltage coming from your, the cortex of your brain, the surface of your brain, goes through your scalp, and we simply measure that voltage. And uh, very simple. It's been around for a long time, but that's the hard part: making it simple. Right. And how is this different than the EEG that you get at the hospital? Um, it's, according to the FDA, substantially equivalent. So it has to be the same, mm -hmm. um, according to our FDA filing. So this is the same as the hospital grade. Gotcha. Um, same signals and all. So, so you guys have taken, you know, a, an equivalent device, which is, you know, basically something that uh, a patient or anyone who's really interested in their brain health could go into a practitioner, get hooked up to this machine for, what is it, four to six minutes of a test? Um, yeah, and then four minutes, yeah. four minutes, and then get this data. So, you guys provide this data, but what does someone do with that? That's that's the question. There's so many different uses. So the idea was to create a report that that the doctors could use and get reimbursed on, uh, but then also that a, that a fitness group or biohackers could, could take their report and have action. So the, each report is customized for whatever the, the action item is. Uh, for example, our, our sports uh, concussion uh, study that we've done, the report that comes out of that is the, um, the usual uh, brain voltage, which declines with concussion, uh, reaction time, which also declines with concussion. But also we put in some tension markers, jaw and neck tension, because a lot of concussions are whiplash. So they wanted to see that. Did the person really have a concussion or did they need a massage? So that, that report was customized for that group. The um, report you saw, you had today, was customized for people that are trying new interventions to see if they can improve their brain. No diagnosis, no, no um, categories of disease state, but can you improve your brain? So that report was customized for you. And what did we learn from, or what did you learn looking at our two tests today? <laughs> I learned that you improved, 
you're about the same. <laughs> I love hearing that yeah. for a reason. <laughs> I feel like she's going to just cut this and put it oh, yeah. loop on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're in big trouble. Yeah. Um, Ooh, so really what's your brain age? <laughs> 23. Okay, and mine is 50. Ooh. Yeah. Old man Jensen. <laughs> so one of the things we actually talked about was that you guys have this unique shows the algorithm that quantifies a brain age based off of things that you're looking at. Um, and, and to me, this is a fascinating thing, right? Because it, your brain could change probably one day to the next. Um, you know, and that's optimizations like sleep, diet, nutrition, all the things that we know are healthy. So does that brain age really give someone a benchmark to shoot from? And then, you know, what, based off of your experience, can people do to truly optimize that brain age? Yeah, glad you brought that up. The, um, in reality, the brain doesn't change that much. So you have to do work to change that number. And really that number is that uh, a lot of times it's what you're born with. It's who you are, it's a snapshot of you. So then the goal is, is to change, improve. But it doesn't change that much. It takes work to change that. And so um, some people are naturally slower on their brain speed and naturally faster on their, or deeper on their voltage. Some people are vice versa. So really the idea is to know who you are and then optimize that to get back to a 20-year-old brain, which is about the peak. Uh, but brain speed, brain voltage, all these peaks that are up to it. So the goal is to find out who you are and try to go back in time to 20. So you may never have a 23-year-old brain. You may have not been. Oh, you just, you just did the gamma down. Now it's, yeah. now it's on. Yeah. I'm coming back but tomorrow can't for a 23-year-old brain. Yeah, you can't improve. That's the point. Uh, so the, you, know, you talk about improving. Um, how often should someone scan with one? these so that they could really see whether or not the interventions that they're doing are making a difference? That's a really good question. Um, for me, it's most important to, to scan every three to four months. Long-term changes are what I'm interested in. Can you have a stable long-term change? But on day-to-day, -day, you can change if you, uh, certain substances, like if you take beta blockers, that'll wipe out all of this, that'll slow everything down, which is good for some people. So if you take those kind of interventions, you can change on a daily basis. But what I'm interested in is your daily routine, long-term, does it change after three months? So now, you've, now you've had a lasting change. Yeah, so the, the last time we took this test was about a month ago, right? So mm -hmm. can you actually see a lot of change within a month's time or not really? I mean, yeah. like obviously we had different markers today than, than that time, but can you really see? But you did, I didn't. <laughs> I don't change. <laughs> I'm a grumpy old man. Apparently. <laughs> um, I'm just but That's thinking. okay. Something to be said for grumpy old men. Yeah. Well, now I, <laughs> I get the more fond I am of grumpy old men. Perfect. I'm just thinking, you know, in, in a month's time, can you really see if something is working for you? If you were to change one thing, like let's say I never meditated before in my life, and then for a month straight after I did this test, would would there be enough change there to be noticeable in, an, yeah. in another, just a month, a month later? I think that's meaningful. Uh, to give an example, if you have a concussion, your voltage drops. It's like a clock, it just drops. And then usually recovers in about a month for most. Some people recover in a week. So uh, that, in that kind of situation, yeah, a month is definitely big changes. Mm -hmm. uh, I threw the number out three months because that interests me because you know, two months later, would that be lasting, whatever you're doing? Mm -hmm. Um, that, that's when the acute becomes chronic, so a chronic improvement on meditation. If you stop now, would you go back? So I'd like to see 
and come back in two, two months and right. start meditating. Yeah, See this I, I know I have to. It sounds like I need to. <laughs> so you know, we talk about in this world of biohacking, all of these things that people are doing, where you know, whether it's red light therapy or cryotherapy or PEMF, um, and, and it really becomes those interventions become very subjective, right? It's really people telling us how they feel. But for the first time, I think in a long time, you guys have created a device that allows people to objectively measure what it is that they're doing for one of the most important parts of longevity, which is our brain health. Um, so how does someone go about making Wavi a part of their health span? Yeah, the, um, that's fun. I like all that <clears> stuff <throat> people are trying. And I think people need to try everything do Wadi before they try it. Whenever we have all, all of our people that work here, they're always wadi before they make a change. And <laughs> it's fun to see what works, but everybody's different. That's the important yeah. part of this, is you do. And everyone responds so differently mm -hmm. to, to any two different, yeah, changes. Right. So. so find out what works for you. So for, so for our listeners, you know, they're going to go to, can they go to the Wavi website and find a practitioner that offers? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And currently, how many practitioners are utilizing this equipment nationwide? Mm -hmm. Probably a couple hundred, I'm guessing. Okay. And, and growing. And growing rapidly. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah they need to do it. It's, it's, that's a fun thing. Who would not want to know what improves your brain? Right. But I think yeah, I, mean, I work to do it too, by the way. I'm with you. <laughs> I won't do it. You made a good point, though, is to do it before you make a change. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people, they make a change like, oh, I wonder if this worked for me. But you only really know if it worked if you had the markers beforehand right. to see that. So that right. it is important to have, yeah. to see, you know, how it works. People like seeing their brain. They yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, just loving all this stuff. It's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> Jen is geeking out over here. It's neat. No, it's fascinating. Uh, so, we're, you know, obviously we're going to see a lot of this equipment in use when we work with our disabled vets, uh, our PTSD vets. What's your expectation? You know, what's your thought that, you know, mm -hmm. is this going to be enough of a kick to get people into a place where we can objectively see improvements mm -hmm. in PTSD, which from our previous conversation really manifest, can manifest as really low voltage. Um, it, it, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this yeah, from the science yeah. side? When we're doing studies like this, we have to be non-biased. I have to assume that whatever happens, happens. But my hypothesis is you'll see big changes. And if, if, if they feel different, we won't be able to measure it because obviously the brain's acting differently. So my hypothesis will be big changes. I'm kind of excited to see what comes out of it. We're stoked about yeah. it. Yeah. That'll be a good time. Yeah. Good time in Costa Rica. Lots of things to learn. Yeah. Lots of things to measure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anything else about the company you kind of want to tell us? What's the next five years look like for you guys? The, the um, next five years, my goal is to start to create data archetypes for people. Once we get a lot of data, then we can start to archetype who are the people that do better with ayahuasca and PTSD? Who are the people that don't? Who are the people that are going to get Alzheimer's? Who are the people that don't? Who are the people that can prevent Alzheimer's by diet and exercise? Who are the people that don't? So the more data we get, the more archetypes we can create. Uh, who are the kids that are at risk for suicide? Who are the kids that have anxiety? So the more data we get, the more we learn. And this is a big community. So I love the data. Yeah. That's why I that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, brain health obviously is one of the <clears throat> most important 
aspects of our long-term health plan. Right? You know, it's like we can talk about living to 150, but if this goes south, then it's kind of, you know, what's the point? Um, so when you build these archetypes, how do you take that data and then you know, provide interventions for people who want to live to be 150 and have the best brain possible? Um, does that data incorporate what you guys believe someone could do hypothetically to improve brain function? Yeah, and we don't do the interventions, but the data will be structured, it is structured such that we know what interventions people have done. And that way we can find the, the person can put their archetype, and put their data and see where they come out. So the interventions are very important as, as part of the data. We've got to know what's happening with these people. And we do. So we who you are and what you need. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. What other questions here? Um, we covered so much earlier today. I mean, there, it's just so fascinating. Um, there, I'd love for the listeners to know more about each specific portion of do one of these tests. What exactly are they seeing there? I just, I know in the beginning there are three, there are three scales there where you're seeing information. And can you go over each section and what what that's telling somebody when they do one of these tests? So, so if there, there's different tests that we talked about. So if they're doing the um, FDA version of the software, which we're submitting in the next month, I hope, um, they'll be getting the report that the doctors are used to using to go over it with them. But the performance version, which is where we bring it into the biohacking community, is that what you call No, we don't like bio. We don't like the word biohacker. Okay. What do we like to call it? Bio-optimization. Okay, I like that. Okay, so the bio-optimization group, you're not looking at disease states. So what you saw was a completely different report than what the doctor would get. Mm -hmm. And so your report is, uh, the really simple idea is how fast is your brain making decisions? It's not, it's not a reptile brain to talk about. Right? How fast does your brain do a calculation? Uh, how sure is it of the calculation? What cognitive resources did it commit to that task? And then how fast is your react physical reaction time, which is the reptile brain? And then we give you, on your report, we have a, uh, a stress marker. Um, are you anxious or stressed? And then we give this HRV marker, which is another measure of either acute stress on a day-to-day -day basis or chronic stress. If it's chronic stress, there's some, you really need to change that state. Mm -hmm. And then on the report, you had, I think we had, uh, oh, the neck tension. Do you need a massage? So the report you saw is just a simple performance report. Just I was very disappointed. I need, a massage. I need a massage. Okay. Did you need one? I got one yesterday. Uh -huh. I got like a three-hour massage yesterday. And my, I was still, I had a lot of tension there still. So I need to go back yeah. or something. Now I know what we're doing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most, about half the people have elevated neck tension because we sit forward all day. Or, right. Or, I don't know if it's true, but I've been told we're more stressed than we were in generations in the past. Sure, feels like people are stressed. I oh, I think you know. I mean, you look at C-reactive protein, homocysteine. All of these are, are elevated markers. But I, I think I look at one of the biggest causes of stress, and that's our phone. And it, it's it's interesting. Like the research really dictates is that most people, when they wake up in the morning, the first thing that they do is look at their phone. So you've got blue light activation. You've got you know cortisol. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah, it's like everything happens first thing in the morning. So we're now reactive our lives have become so reactionary and then you've got blue light activation so we're not waking up the way that we used to our melatonin switch is being forced off cortisol is going on so um, there's an alarming epidemic of 
cognitive decline coming simply as a result of these devices. And he asked people, like, what's the last thing you do before you go to bed? Look at your phone. Mm -hmm. We've interrupted our sleep patterns simply because of a phone that we didn't have just a generation ago. And that's one simple thing that I need to change, by the way, but anybody can change. So that should change your brain's voltage, perhaps, because you have more cognitive resources. It could certainly change this brain speed, right? My instinct is on that dashboard, it would change the brain voltage and the stress marker. So I'm curious, so if anybody wants to make that simple change, measure before and then see what it does to mm-hmm. yeah. I read an alarming statistic that it was 24% of millennials surveyed said they actually get up in the middle of the night and check their phone. Ooh. Like they get up to check their phone? Yeah, they'll get up in the middle of the night and start going through social media. That's not good for your brain. No. No, I mean, just the interruption of REM sleep and, and yeah. yeah. Even times I remember waking up in the night for whatever reason, like checking to see what time it is on my phone, even just that light, I find stimulates my brain enough to where it keeps me. It's harder for me to get back to get back to sleep versus if I were to just wake up and then blue light activation. Close my eyes. You know, yeah, blue light is the thing that turns on your cortisol switch and shuts off your melatonin switch. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a fascinating thing. And even like um uh you know, I mean I know doctors uh uh, McCullough, Dr. McCullough, I mean, he sleeps in a Faraday cage. Literally, like, his room is, like, copper-lined, you know, for that reason. It's, like, no EMF, you what know. What is that, Faraday? It's a copper-lined room. But it's just physical. Cool. <clears throat> well, that's, yeah, I'm going to try that, by the way. Like, people have been at work here, they get mad at me, so I don't exercise enough. And I wake up every morning, and the first thing I do is grab my phone. I'm going to measure myself before some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife does centering prayer every morning. She's been trying to get me. So 30 minutes, you know, try. allow, allow your body to naturally wake up that way and, yeah. and you'll find significant improvements. But, so I'm sorry, I, I kind of went off on mine. I thought was fine. That's what I'm going to do. You have no changes to make because you're trying to be What are you going to do? Well, apparently my brain is really, my reaction speed is really slow, right? Isn't that? That's normal. <laughs> normal. Or no, it was my reptilian speed. It was unbelievably fast. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a very fast Reaction speed, is that how that is? Physical reaction. Physical reaction. Yeah. Um, so I just need to sleep more and exercise more. And we'll, we'll, you know, yeah. Yeah. we'll measure again and next time we meet. Cool. So and I just need to manage my stress. <laughs> yes, yeah, you do have work to do. I have a lot of work to do, yeah. apparently. Yes. Sad things. We all have work to do. We all have work to do. Which brings us to the Life to the Max question we love to ask all of our guests, which is the magic wand question. You, know, you guys are so focused on brain health here, but if I could give you a magic wand or one wish to do anything in the world, what would it be? That's me. That I'm supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like even like when you ask people that, I'm like, I even think, what would I say this time? It's a real exactly what I would but say. I would say. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't relate to this, unfortunately. That's fine. It Cold fusion. Happen. Cold fusion? Yeah, that's right. I love that one. Cold fusion. I think we can do it. Got a bad rap. Limitless clean energy. Oh, okay. Water to helium. It's perfect. What could go wrong? Yes. Catastrophic explosion? <laughs> no, it's inert. It's That's just top funny. There we go then. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, there was, a, uh, there was a really horrible movie that I think kind of put cold fusion in a bad light. And it was with Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue. The Saint. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it's been recommended to me. I have to watch that. Oh, yeah, it was uh, it was two hours of my life. I'll never get back. Sorry, Val and Elizabeth. <laughs> what can I say? Um, all right, cold fusion. I love it. Clean energy for the planet. 
Awesome. Then we live to be 150 with clean energy, and then, yeah, it could be good. Mm. It could be a good future. Absolutely. Any other questions? Um, no. I'm good to you. No. Okay. No, I mean, we're, we're going to do a lot of follow-up with Lobby, so we're really yeah. excited to, uh, to partner with you guys on all the things that we've got going at Life to the Max and Race for Forever. I'm very excited for the support that you guys are offering our vets as we really determine whether or not ayahuasca helps with them. So can't wait to share these results with our audience and, uh, you know, more importantly, get them into their physician's office to get a, a Wavi scan. And check those brains. Check those brains. Keep <laughs> it going. Yeah. Awesome. It. Thank you so Thanks much for having us. I know. Thank you for Check having us here. This has just been such a fascinating day. I love all the, just everything here. So it's been very amazing and fun. So thank you for having us. Thanks for coming yeah. out. Absolutely. All right, guys, that was another edition of the Life to the Max podcast with your hosts. Jana Breslin. And Jana Breslin. No, Evan DeMarco. See, i got to work on my brain. <laughs> uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever platform you get your podcast. Give this one a five-star review. Uh, we're going to put the Wavi information in all the show notes. Highly recommend that you get out there, find a physician, get on the website, get your brain scan, send us your results. We were, we're going to start an epidemic. We're going to start a movement of figuring out how people uh, can improve their brains. And we want to know how you're doing, what you're doing to improve that. And then let's show the before and after. So uh, we need the data. We need the data. The data. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks a bunch. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Life to the Max podcast with Jana Breslin and Evan DeMarco. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, rate and review us to help spread the word. For articles, videos, and more information on retreats and how to connect with Life to the Max, please visit our website at maxlifeforever.com.